welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for the woman who works. Each week we dive into specific tips and tricks to educate and inspire the working woman. We also dive into interviews with boss women making an impact in their industry. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to episode 56 of Working Girl Talk. Time is flying. How has your week been? 2020 has been pretty wild. It seems like every week something even crazier happens. I'm grateful for the people who are spreading positivity and light right now. I hope there has been something this week that made you smile, and if not, I hope this episode will do the trick. If you follow me on social, you've seen that I've been doing a lot of virtual interviews lately. I am so excited for you to hear them. So like May, June will also be an all interviews month. If anything has resonated with you on past episodes and this one, please copy the link, share with a friend who needs it, and rate the podcast five stars and leave a review. I see your reviews and every time I just want to cry, I love it so much. I know you're probably like, what? But a review is literally the lifeblood of a podcast. Now I understand that concept. Before I, I before I became a podcaster, I was like, why are they always like asking for reviews? Like, why do they want to know? But it makes such a difference. It helps guide me on what you guys want to hear and what you guys like. And also those podcast algorithms, you know, we're all about beating that algorithm. Uh, it just gets Working Girl Talk seen by more people. So I love to hear your feedback. Love to hear what you think. So thank you so much for every review so far. And along with that, I've also been working on updating and even creating the Working Girl Talk website. So that will be launching soon. More about that later, but I'm so excited to see for you guys to see what has been cooking up in the background. So now, would you like to get into this week's headlines before we get to our guest? Let's do it. So as in any typical Working Girl Talk episode, we'll dive into Working Girl headlines. So this will be headlines in the marketing, the business world, things that the working woman needs to know. First up, a story from social media today, Facebook releases 15 new Blueprint courses. If you're an avid listener to Working Girl Talk, you know that Blueprint is Facebook's portal where they house all these different trainings on different aspects of Facebook and you can also get Blueprint certified. If you're interested in the Blueprint certification, check out episode 22, shameless plug. So Facebook launched some new Blueprint courses just with everything going on. They want to have more resources for business owners. So as always, the Blueprint courses are free and they said that they've made them more straightforward and put concepts into context with storytelling and they're also offering downloadable materials to help you bring what you learn to life. So you can view the full list of new courses on the Blueprint platform. So if you don't know where to find that, just literally Google Facebook Blueprint. You'll be able to find it right there. And some of the new additions are how to select the right social media channels for your business, tell your business story. And as Facebook explains it, they say learn to explain what a brand is and how to create or refine your own and give you some downloadable brand templates to use. So stuff like that, very helpful. This is a time where... A lot of people are turning back to learning and self-growth and all that stuff. So these are some free courses to help you do that if you are so interested. And I know we always have different feelings about Facebook here on this show, but this I think is a win. So good job, Facebook. Along with that, last little tidbit about Facebook. TechCrunch reported this week that Facebook launched a new app called Ketchup. That's right, Ketchup. I actually hadn't said it out loud yet, so I didn't realize that it sounds like ketchup but ketchup (laughs) but ketchup as in like catch 
up c-a-t-c-h-u-p <laughs> so they launched they launched ketchup and it is supposed to make it easier for friends and family in the u.s to coordinate phone calls and set up group calls with up to eight people the thing that makes ketchup unique is that it's audio only, not video, and it flags when users are available. So basically, it just is normal phone calls, but a little bit more advanced because you can see when people are available or not. You also don't need a Facebook account to use the service. It works with your phone contact list, so it'll just tell people if they're this person is ready to talk. And offline users, it'll be able to tell you if somebody's offline as well. So Facebook explains the app's intention is to address one of the key reasons people no longer make phone calls they don't know when someone has time to talk and they don't want to interrupt them interesting so that is probably true but i also think we have found i don't know i go back because i was so like anti-phone call for a long time like oh no just text me why are you calling me like just email me just text me but now maybe it's because we have been remote so long and all that. Like sometimes a phone call or a Zoom call is just easier. So honestly, I don't really know where I stand with phone calls anymore. But we'll see. Facebook has tried a lot of different ventures in the past. Some have worked, some have not. And we will see if ketchup can catch up to all of us. <laughs> so is this something you would actually use? Is this actually a problem you face? Let me know. I'm very curious. I think that is kind of nice. You can see when people are available, but I wonder what identifies them as available because just because you're available on an app, does that mean you're really available, like wanting to talk to someone? I don't know. And that would require other people to be using the app for you to see if they're online or not, right? So a lot of different dimensions here. We'll see on that one, Facebook. Next up, we're going to hop over to some Instagram news. So Social Media Today said this week that Instagram launched a new guides option for profiles, which will enable selected business users and creators to highlight recommendations, tips, and other content in a new dedicated tab. So this one is kind of hard to picture via audio like this. So I'm going to try to explain it. So Social Media Today explained it like this. So this will now be a new tab. So you know on your Instagram profile where you can look at posts, the mentions, the IGTV section, like those top three tabs above your actual grid. So this would be a new section in there called Guides. And it highlights collections of posts under dedicated topics. And it has a very Pinterest feel is what people are saying. And it very much looks like it. So it kind of gives, gives somebody a taste of your whole account and your vibe. They're doing this to raise awareness of mental health and like some health related stuff with everything going on. So they are working with specific business and brand partners right now. So from Instagram themselves, they said this, when viewing a guide, you can see posts and videos that the creator has curated paired with helpful tips and advice. If you want to learn more about a specific post, you can tap on the image or video to view the original Instagram post. You can also share a guide to your story or indirect by tapping on the share button in the upper right corner. Again, I would definitely just Google what this looks like, type Instagram guides into Google. So you can see an example. It actually looks pretty cool. It's almost like a curated little Pinterest board. And I think you could use it for some cool like intro stuff. If you know, if that ever becomes a thing and this is how people get introduced to your account. So maybe if you do have like an about me photo or some resources that are really helpful, like, hey, five tips to grow your Instagram or whatever you do on social media. So I think it could be a really cool feature 
The weird thing about this is every user that in the social media today article and on Instagram, like their press release about this, they're like, oh, you can find the guides on these 10 accounts. I went to all of them and could not see the guide that they showed in the example picture. So I don't know if my app just isn't updated or what, but if you end up finding this article or searching Instagram guides, reading the article, check and see if you can actually see them on the people they're beta testing on because I cannot. And I honestly, with the new iPhone, I do not know how to update apps anymore. So I think they do it automatically, but a mystery. <laughs> so I think this could be a cool concept and social media today also added it's an interesting option providing another way for high profile users to share their content with added context. And next up, we have another Instagram story, guys. Sorry, so much on Instagram happened this week. So for the first time in history ever, according to The Verge, Instagram will start sharing revenue with creators through ads in IGTV and badges that viewers can purchase on Instagram Live. So Instagram has hinted at this for a while, that IGTV was kind of like their answer to combat YouTube. So this is no surprise at all that they're going to do some monetizations on these long-form videos. So starting next week, The Verge reports, ads will begin showing up in IGTV for only around 200 English-speaking creator partners that they've already decided on and some advertiser partners like Ikea, Puma, and Sephora. Instagram will share an industry standard 55% cut with creators, the Instagram CEO tells The Verge, and that's how much the cut is with Facebook watch creators as well. And they want to eventually expand this group and bring on more creators from around the world. So the ads will only appear when people click to watch IGTV videos from previews in their feed. And the initial round of ads will be a vertical videos up to 15 seconds long. The team will also be testing various experiences within IGTV ads throughout the year, like being able to skip ads and interact in different ways. So this is a pretty big deal. So the consumer in me is like, oh, what? Ads? But the advertiser in me, because that's what I do in my other life, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is cool. <laughs> so fighting two battles over here. But this could definitely be an interesting um, opportunity for a lot of advertising. And I wonder if this will help or hurt IGTV. I feel like live and IGTV have been really increasing in their use lately, especially with the quarantine. And I feel like a lot of people have been utilizing the live feature more. So it's kind of sad for them that they didn't launch this quicker because then they could have been beta testing when all these people are using live. <laughs> so another interesting element to this and we're kind of getting into the YouTube parallel here, is that because these videos will be, will be like a monetization for the creator, there will be some stipulations on what that creator can say and do in these. So Instagram's COO said in this article with The Verge, to ensure ads are only shown with brand-friendly content, creators will have to adhere to an Instagram monetization policy, which differs from the usual content policies on the platform. For example, people can swear in videos on the platform, but they won't be allowed to if they want to monetize. This is just one way they said that it'll help guarantee the brand's ads never show up in front of inappropriate content. So like YouTube in a way, 
The Verge pointed out in, in like a good point that Instagram will, will have to take more responsibility for content that shows up and is controversial when it's being monetized. So they really have to start watching that. It can't play so innocent as, oh, people just post whatever they want when it's getting placed with ads and all that stuff. So it kind of adds another level of responsibility to Instagram. And it goes back to the whole like what is their policy exactly who like what is appropriate what isn't appropriate i feel like a lot of definitions of that for everyone is different so very interesting along with that last point on this instagram also announced that over the next few months it will expand live shopping which allows people to tag their live videos with brands so it will be expanded to more creators who want to sell merch it's also expanding access to its brand collabs manager to all U.S. creators in the coming months, which means more creators will be able to share insights and engagement with brands and find potential brand partners that align with their audience. That was straight from the Verge article and shout out to the Verge. I've had to read some like actual excerpts from this, which I don't typically do. I typically reword it to my own stuff, but this is very technical and I don't want to get it wrong. So shout out to the Verge article. As always, links are in the show notes. <laughs> And last, last, last thing on this, it's interesting to see that it's finally happening. Instagram has been looking for ways to make money on the influencers it's created and the careers that it's built for so long. This is the beginning process of what that looks like. So they are getting their hand. They want their piece of the pie too. And this, this is the beginning of that process. So it'll be interesting to watch all the ads pop up on lives and on IGTV over the next few months and to see that live shopping integration rolled out to more people. Those are this week's headlines. And now for our Working Girl Talk guest of the week. Did you know finances don't have to be scary? What? Today we're chatting with Louise Hipperson, owner of The Finance Agency. The Finance Agency's mission is to empower business owners to understand their finances, to implement process strategies and accountability to build profitable and sustainable businesses. Love that. We all need that. In true Working Girl Talk fashion, Louise owns her own company, Empowering Other Biz Owners, while also working her 9 to 5 in finance too. In this episode, we talk about moving to America, making friends when you move for a job, which is so important and affects so many working women, so I love that we could talk about this topic, and organizing your finances and so much more. Welcome, Louise, to the show. Right off the bat, can you give, for those of, uh, in the audience that maybe not, don't know what you do, can you just give like a brief, this is what I do and this is what the finance agency is? Yeah, so the finance agency actually went through a very recent rebrand. Um, I was originally the finance coach and when I started this business um, probably over 18 months ago, it was something that it was just me. I was helping business owners understand their finances better, really understand how to use their numbers to forecast appropriately and really build that business and as my business has grown I've been able to bring on team members and offer more services so we are now more of that full service finance agency where we can take on your bookkeeping all the way from yeah completely managing your accounting system all the way through to providing that high level strategy as part of the CFO of your business so that's kind of where we're at right now and I'm excited to see where it keeps growing Yes, that is awesome. I love that you mentioned the rebrand. I noticed that. So very exciting stuff. Super excited yeah. to hear about your growth. And I think that's something we should talk about today for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I want to actually go back to the beginning, the beginning of time <laughs> for the beginning. I want to hear about um, your journey into getting into finance in general. So were, was that something you always were interested in? Did you ever think that you would end up working in finance and especially starting your own thing? Like how, how did this journey start? Yeah, no, I, um, I was one of those people that knew exactly what they wanted to be when they were 15 years old. You know, when you're trying to pick out what subjects you want to learn at university and I always knew I wanted to be an accountant. Um, my father was a bank manager and so numbers have always been kind of in my family. And so kind of I knew, you know, at 15 I was taking um, summer jobs at accounting firms to really get that experience. And then whilst I was studying my accounting degree, I was working two days a week at an accounting firm. So I really started off my experience early and kind of learned everything that I could. Um, and then when I went to London and got my first job there, I was an auditor, and which is the equivalent of your CPAs here in America. And I you know, was doing that and I just kept thinking to myself, this is not what I want to do. Working in a CPA firm isn't kind of, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> um, and it's not kind of the area of finance that I wanted to stay in. And so I somewhat landed in the advertising and media um, industry where I started from the bottom, started working in, you know, just managing the expenses for eight agencies. And from that, just kind of, you know, worked my way through understanding how to manage the finances from corporate, um, from a corporate perspective. And when I left London back in 2015, I was at that point managing offices globally. So I was able to really build on that foundation, understand structurally how finances are used in that more corporate environment. Mm -hmm. um, it was very heavily audited, very heavily process driven. When you find what works well with you, what you're passionate about, it's no longer really work. It kind of just flows. I know there's some people that are still trying to figure out what really works for them or what they want to do. But I'm really one of those unique people, I guess, or maybe not unique, but um, fortunate people that I love my day. I love my job. And I've always loved being in finance. And so that's kind of where my career has gone. I love that. We need more of that. I love my job. Like we need more. Yeah. Of that. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit more background on you personally. So did you grow up outside of London and then you ended up moving there for university or how, how was that? Yeah, um, I actually grew up um, by the seaside. So that's where my childhood is. Mm. I have fond memories of that. Um, you know, I remember revising for exams on the beach and taking in that just like small town vibe. I um, actually went to a university in the Midlands, in the middle of the, the middle of the country and studied accounting and marketing there. I wasn't sure which way I was going to go. And so did a double degree and then decided finance was the path that I wanted to take and then moved to London and moved to London when I was 21 and started working there. Very cool. I love London. I've been there a few times and it's super fun. Oh, really? Yeah, super fun. Love it. What? When was the last time you went? Let me think. I did a study abroad in college. I think that was the last time I went. So that mm. would have been like, I can't do math right now. <laughs> During the course, probably like, probably like four years ago, which is probably a, a funny thing to mention that we thought yesterday was the day we were going to interview. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I freaked out when you emailed me. I was like, oh no, it is today. Today's Wednesday. So I, we were both all messed up. Yeah, and then I was like, hang on, what day is it today? No, I've got my whole calendar backwards right now. So um, I think that's just how everyone is. 
just handling everything. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But yeah, so definitely a few years ago, probably like four or five years ago. Um, but yeah, super fun. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey of coming to the States and kind of try navigating that here. So what brought you to Arizona and navigating that process a little bit? Because I know a lot of my listeners do experience like having to move away from home for a job and that move from England to Arizona is probably a big drastic change. So can you talk about that? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I was working for a company and they had an office in Phoenix. And I remember it was May. And the reason why the month matters is so May, they said, you know, there's a position in Phoenix. Do you fancy it? And I thought, why not? Let's give Arizona, America a try. And then come the September of the same year, I was at the airport with two suitcases ready to move to America. And I had never visited before. It wasn't actually somewhere I thought I would go. I was actually thinking, potentially of moving to Australia, then America. But when the opportunity like that presents itself, it's just something that you have to take. I was in a position that I was able just to up and go, coming to America. And if the worst that would happen is if I didn't like it, I would just go back home. So I said to myself, let's give, let's get a year's international experience. And four years later, here I still am. So I must be, must be liking it. When you think about moving to America, so England, America, you're not expecting that much of a culture change. We both, you know, we both speak the same language. There's similarities with everything. It's not like you're going to, to Japan and expecting a completely different culture. But when I got here, it was actually quite surprising how different the cultures are. And one event I remember, and I think I'll always remember, is it was four days into me being in the country. I figured out my apartment, figured out my car. And I was like, okay, I need to get some groceries. I'm in an empty apartment, didn't even have furniture at the time. And I was like, I just need a cup of tea. In true British form, I just needed a cup of tea. So I drove to a grocery store and needed to get milk. And I remember going down, looking down your milk aisle and remember the fact that, you know, this is four days in, I am jet lagged, I am homesick, I am tired, I'm emotional. And I go to the milk aisle and I just, I look at the variety of milk that you have and I just start crying. Because oh no. <laughs> in the UK, we have three types of milk. There's three different colors and they are the same colors, no matter what store, what brand, where in the country you are. And they're blue, red and green. And I was looking at your, the colors of your milk bottles. and I was like, what's purple? Like, I don't know what, what type of milk that is. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, something as silly as that. It, and then just like other things, you do really you don't really appreciate how different the cultures are. It's, it's, it somewhat just stops at the language. And so, and even then the language is different. There's still times when I'm speaking with people that with my now husband, we, there's words that we just don't know what the other person means. And so we continuously find those. Man, that is so, wow. And that, the, yeah, that's crazy. For yeah. somebody that moved over here specifically for work. I think a lot of like working women can relate to that. Like, oh, they're going to move to a different place for their job and pour everything into that job and maybe forget to have like a social life and a personal life and maybe realize, oh, like I'm not as happy as I thought. So how did you kind of combat that? Any tips or insight to help you kind of get over that adjustment period, I guess? Yes. For me, when I came over here, I was uh, 26 years old and it was a point where you know, I just wanted to make friends and because I knew no one, I knew absolutely no one, not even in the place where I was working. And I just wanted to make friends. And I think 
especially being somewhat of the introvert, um, I had to force myself to really put myself out there. So join all the, the meetups that you can, that you find interesting. And if you bump into someone and they, you know, invite you to something, just say yes, just say yes to everything, experience everything. I think it's really easy to, like at the weekends when I had no one to kind of hang out with, it's really easy to just stay in your apartment and kind of keep to yourself. But I tried to make sure that I went to different places. So even if it was, I spent a lot of time in Ikea, spent a lot of time in Target, but just kind of put, keep putting yourself out there because that's really the best way to interact with different people and also find out more about the culture, find out where to go, where people hang out. I think it really helped for me because of the accent. So people would be curious about the accent and that would help start conversation. And, you know, there was, um, there's actually someone, I went to the state fair by myself and I met a group of girls there just randomly. And one of them is still my good friends right to this day. So, um, you know, they said, you know, do you want to spend, I just said I was there by myself. They said, would you like to join us? And I was like, sure because you just say yes to everything and that's just kind of how you build those friendships and then as I got to more you know got more involved with the people at work you kind of build your friendships there and um, you just meet people as you go so one of the biggest things though is like put yourself out there because it's really easy to kind of hide um, or just keep to yourself but to try and really climatize um, is really about experiencing. That is such great advice. And I think that we could all benefit from saying yes and putting ourselves out there more often. And I liked what you said about like learning more about like the culture and different things just by being out there. Because I think even like that's like a big change from England to Arizona. But even when somebody moves from like Phoenix to LA or New York, like there's still like cultural differences. Like I, like I've been to different places, like even in America and it's like, Oh, like they say pop instead of soda or like just things like that. So I think that's a great tip, like just to get more integrated, see what's going on and just make friends that way. So that's super smart. Yeah. And I think also it's about being comfortable with yourself. So I remember I landed in September and come Christmas, you know, our company gave us two weeks off around the Christmas holidays. And I thought, well, I'm not just going to stay. You know, everyone went home to their families or spent, you know, spent Christmas with their families. And I didn't really have anyone at that point. So I'm not just going to sit in my apartment for two weeks. I'm going to go and travel. So I did. I just, you know, went. I randomly went to Salt Lake City. I went to Denver. And then I went to San Diego. And I just went to all and did all the touristy things you could think of just by myself and again just try to immerse myself with the American culture but to your point you don't really appreciate how big and how diverse America is until you're here so it's funny you know perception sometimes is that not a lot of Americans have passports and the Brits would question like why because in Europe we travel it's really easy to travel everywhere um, don't know so much about with Brexit now but when I was there it was um, a lot easier to travel around you know, you can go to Paris from London and it's a two hour train ride. But when you come to America, you don't appreciate how big this place actually is, but also how different each city is and what it has to offer. So I want to get to how you started uh, the finance coach, now the finance agency, but what was that transition like? Did you, were you still working in your day job while starting that? Or how did, I guess, how did the idea even start? to build your own thing? Yeah, so I actually still work my nine to five um, for an advertising agency here in Arizona. And um, it's something that I still get a lot of joy from. Um, and it really, it kind of, I use those um, str uh, strategies that I get from that 
um, role and not downsize it, but um, incorporate it for a smaller business. So to answer your question though, I never thought I was gonna own my own business. It wasn't something of interest to me. Back in the UK, in London, I was very um, content with working for the advertising agencies there and working for someone else. And it was really when I came to Arizona and started meeting people um, and really saw that entrepreneurial spirit. And I don't know if it's the kind of the American dream aspect of everything. And you really, like I really felt it here. And I really, I have a lot of friends that, you know, who have their own businesses or entrepreneurs and have these really big ideas. And as I interacted and communicated with them, I can definitely see and hear that people needed help with their finances and not just from a tax perspective, but how to manage it. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll help. And I was helping friends with any questions. And then I really recognized that there was a demand here and I wanted to service a larger group of people. So the finance coach kind of was organically grew um, or organically was created from that aspect where people were reaching out to ask questions. And so I thought, okay, let me formalize this to be a point of contact for people who had questions about their finances, how to operate in terms of their taxes um, and their cash flow. What I thought my business was going to start out 18 months ago is not where my business is today. And I think because I, I remember at the beginning, I was like, okay, six months in and I was doing what I was doing in my nine to five job, but just for smaller businesses. And I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't sure why I wasn't, you know, I was trying, I was doing the same sort of processes and strategies and I just wasn't enjoying how, how I was operating in the finance coach. And there was a point where I just questioned myself and I was like, am I, am I right for entrepreneurship? Is this right for me? And then I thought, well, what is it about helping people? What is it that I can change to make it work for me as well? It's kind of finding that balance between servicing my clients and finding something that I wanted to do as well. Cause I think that's where you really like find that magic. I let my audience take my business where it wanted to go. Kind of I've right now I'm kind of have best of both worlds and I'm able to help on a corporate level, but also help on that small entrepreneurial level as well. That is so awesome. And I think it's really cool that you are doing both, like get a girl who can do both. <laughs> because uh, like the nine to five and your own thing, I think that's a really cool combination. And sometimes it is a little bit more rare. And I think it's because people get scared that they can't do that. So how do any tips or insight into balancing both your own business and your nine to five? So anything that you found that works for you to help you stay organized or even just to take that leap? Yeah, it's definitely about setting boundaries. I have an office where I go to for my nine to five and then I have my office for my for the finance agency and having those two places of separation helps me focus on what my brain is now needing to concentrate on and what task I'm needing to do. So for me, it was definitely setting those boundaries. I'm not really sure I get the energy from to be able to like to keep doing both, but it's about setting the boundaries between the two because each uses a different skill set um, and a different. Uh, you know, I have a larger team that I work that I work with at my nine to five compared to my smaller team, but all the size is very different. The concepts are pretty similar, so I'm able to separate, but it's still the core foundation of finance. Very cool. And okay, now now that we're here, let's talk some business finance tips. So what's like when you're working with different small business owners uh, in the finance agency, what's the biggest thing that small business owners are struggling with that you've noticed? I think when it comes to finances, there's two things that I think 
people really trip over and it's one is a mindset thing so people think of finances they think of math they think of numbers and it's not actually about the math it's more about the organization which is the second piece it's really getting organized in your business and in your finances and once you kind of have that process and have that repetition it's somewhat straightforward now yes you are dealing with different you know when you start thinking about taxes it's not everyone's favorite um, subject there is anxiety that's surrounding that but once you kind of once you prepare yourself once you set up yourself to get prepared for that in the long term and not just when april 15th comes it really does take away that anxiety piece and that uncertainty because you're prepared for it and you know i always say that taxes for example it's it's a side effect to having your own business it's not why you started to run your business but it is something that you need to pay and it's not going to go away um and so kind of having that as part of your system as part of your month-to-month your day-to-day um processes will really help if you do that throughout the year be prepared for that april 15th deadline i know budgets are a big thing and i i, I love your instagram because you always are given like great tips and i know you've mentioned budgets before for small business owners. So do you have any tips to how, like, how do we stick to a budget and like, why is that important? It's really important because it helps you, once you set that budget up, it helps you have something that you can track against, something that you can measure your performance against. And a lot of people will create a budget at the beginning of the year, um, because, you know, it's your beginning of the year task that you have to do. And then they don't look at it again, um, probably for the rest of the year. And for me, it's really having that discipline or part of your routine of checking your numbers of what you actually performed against that budget. Because if you, you know, are budgeting more sales every month, then but you're not making those actual sales and sorry, not actually making those monthly sales, then the overall number that you're expecting to achieve um, is going to be incorrect. You're always going to be behind if you're not meeting those numbers, or if you spend more money than you budgeted then again, your profitability or your your overall year number that you're wanting to achieve isn't going to be met. And so it's really about looking at how you're performing against your budget and adjusting as you go along because a budget isn't just a one ta- like one-time task. It's something that you should revise and review every month um, and every quarter to make sure that you're on track with what you're wanting to meet. Yes, we need to plan those budgets, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and keep checking and on them. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a lot of what um, I do with the finance agency. And it's really more just having that person that makes you accountable. So I think when it comes to budgets, people, it's not everyone's priority. And so I really do try and help, you know, look at what your numbers are, look at what you're currently doing and what decisions can you make from that. So it might make, it might help you make a different decision based on what that information tells you. You said finances shouldn't be ignored and they don't have to be scary it's kind of like managing your social media do you have like some comparisons of like managing your finances managing social media yes uh so it's funny because when people say like we need to manage the finances i do feel that um a lot of business owners kind of have this like negative connotation towards it it's not like their most exciting thing to do but i do hear that you know people are more inclined to want to manage the social media because it is a little it's a lot more creative it's a lot more visual um and especially with the clients that i have they're more on that creative side and so their finances is at the top of mind um, that's not to say that i don't have business savvy um clients they're just like their focus is on the creative and that vision and so i was trying to apply it to something that could relate so social media 
because everyone knows about everyone knows social media um and one of the examples that i have is your content calendar everyone says you know create a content calendar so you know what you're going to post throughout the month throughout the quarter throughout the year and it's the same for your finances kind of have that finance calendar to tell you when to review your numbers when to update your accounting system and kind of the tasks that you have to do as well as the tax deadlines so you are you're seeing ahead of what deadlines that you have and so you know um, what financial tasks that you need to do for that as well and then it's the same for you know when you post something and you're watching for those likes to increase it's the same with like watching your bank account um, balance to increase as well and using you know um when people use their social media metrics and their analytics to review how their um, inst uh, you know their instagram or facebook is performing it's the same with your numbers use your financial data to see how you're performing and kind of what areas do you need to engage in to really um grow a profitable and sustainable business and so it's kind of using those same techniques and same concepts, just applying them to your finances, because it's somewhat the same as it's having that, that process, that system and the strategy in place to be able to complete all the tasks that you need to help grow your business. That is awesome. I love that. And that will probably really resonate with my listeners because we're all pretty like into social media. So now it's like, oh, light bulb. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I love that. And it's funny because it goes both ways. And I actually um, was talking earlier about, um, you know, social media may come more naturally to people and they might shy away from finances. But for me, I can talk about finances and taxes all day long. But when it comes to my social media, it's something that doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not that creatively inclined. And so it definitely is probably just as much, it provides just as much and. Um, probably provides just as much anxiety for me, um, our energy draining. So it really does go both ways as well. Definitely. And then, so now that you have transitioned from the finance coach to the finance agency, going, looking back from when you first started to now, what, as like a business owner yourself, and now that you've been able to grow your team, what are some of like the biggest learning lessons that you've come across along the way? So I would say that, um, it's really about investing in yourself and your business. And so it's something that I personally had um, had a couple of struggles with or kind of didn't really embrace until probably in the last few months even. And it's really about, um, it was a, a statement that I saw actually on Instagram and it said, you know, it's really difficult to build a business by yourself. And it's, that really resonated with me because at the beginning, you know, you really want to build your own business. You kind of want to do it on your own. You don't have the resources to be able to outsource your um, any work that you have. And so you're kind of wanting to keep control of it. And as your business kind of grows, it really is about the time. And I remember I got to a point where, um, you know, aside from the nine to five, but I also had, you know, trying to um, service my clients and grow my business. It just became very mentally draining for me and I thought I, d I need to bring on additional help and the moment I brought um, the first person on it changed everything for me it was I was able to free up my time to pass on some of those day-to-day -day financial admin tasks and really focus on growing my business in areas which I was neglecting to be quite honest and so being able to invest in someone was able to then free up more time so I can bring on more clients and so it really helps with that growth piece as well and especially coming from someone who you know is a finance person and um, is probably more reluctant to spend money but 
when it really does provide value into your business, um, it's something that you can't, you know, you will never be able, I wouldn't be able to have grown my business had I not invested in someone to help me internally. And then the second lesson I'm, I've learned is to bring on experts or to consult with experts in areas of the business that you are not the expert in yourself. And I think that was one of the lessons I learned that I'm never going to be an expert in every field of my business. And that is okay because um, I'm an expert in finances, but I'm not an expert in social media. And so when I reached out to someone to really help me with that and they provided their insight, their experience, their knowledge and I was able to implement that into my business it changed it for me I had direction I had a process I knew exactly what I needed to do I implemented it and how I manage my social media now is very different to how I managed it before reaching out to that expert person and then the third lesson I learned is you need to have that support guidance and accountability you know it really does take a team of people to grow a business it's not something that you can do by yourself and if you try, it can be a very lonely place. And so, you know, I have a lot of entrepreneur friends that I soundboard with, but I do also have a business strategist that I speak to every, every couple of weeks and I'm able to brainstorm and strategize and get a different perspective on how, you know, if I have a business idea that I want to share, I get a different perspective to really provide that clarity and focus that really you know, to help prioritize what I need to focus on in my business. And so kind of having the people around you to support you um, is really key to really grow in that business in different areas, different ways as well. I love that. And I love that you said that, that you're not going to be the expert at everything in your own business, because I think sometimes we get in that mindset of like, oh, this is my business. I do everything. And then you're doing things that you are, it's like, wait, like, am I the best person to do this? (laughs) So I think that is such a great point. It's, It's okay to bring on like some help when you're at that point to do so. Yeah. And I think, you know, on my part, it was a little bit of stubbornness or it was a little bit of like naivety that you can be just a one-stop shop, but you really, I think it's a detriment to yourself and to your business if you don't reach out and bring on or at least consult with other people. And I think, you know, that's how you build your community and how you build your, you know, a a more well-rounded business for sure. Love it. Awesome. And then now with like the rebrand of the finance agency, so what kind of like, can you talk a little bit, we talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but can you kind of talk a little bit more about like the decision to go from coach to agency and like, was that something brewing for a while or yeah, I, I would love to hear about it. Yeah, I think with any, um, throughout the growth of my business and how I pivoted, like I said, it wasn't something that how sorry. Uh, Where my business is right now is not where it was when I started. It was a completely different business. What I thought I wanted it to do wasn't what my audience or the people that were reaching out to me wanted. And so eventually I was like, I I need to start listening. I need to start listening to what is needed from me, not just what I think I need to give people. And I remember really pushing hard at the beginning, like you need to have a budget and cash flow. But what people wanted from me was help with their taxes. And so I was able to kind of marry the two to, to show that, yes, let me help you provide um, like a processing your taxes and a, a strategy you can implement, but please make sure that you're still focusing on the budget side and cash flow. And this is how all the pieces kind of blend or connect together. And so it's really try, 
trying, uh, was really communicating my approach in a different way to service what they wanted, as well as inform them and educate them on the other areas of finance. So I think people think just of taxes when it comes to finances, and there's a whole, you know, there's more of the operational side um, and reading of their financial data that's really important. So it's just trying to, I kept listening, I kept changing, and I kind of grew my business and just listened to the people, listened to what people wanted and followed that. And I think, yeah, that's kind of where my business has grown now. And I was able to, at the beginning, it was just me servicing people or um, answering their questions, trying to educate them. But now I'm able to have that team, have that team who can take on their finances completely. So we can manage um, your finances in the same way that someone helps manage social media. And, you know, we will provide that, that high level strategy, the reporting that you need, um, so you know where your numbers are standing, but you're not physically doing it. So it's kind of just as I've been able to grow, I've been a, I've been able to offer that as well. That's awesome, and I I like that you said that you listened to the, what the people wanted, and I think we could all benefit from that, no matter what industry or job we're working in, because if the people want it, they'll come for it. And so if you if you're putting what they want, they'll come. So I think that's a great exactly. thing to be thinking about. Um, are you ready to head into the rapid fire round? Yes, I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we'll do um, some fill in the blanks, some this or that. So just the first thing that comes to your mind, and you can elaborate on it too. So feel free okay. to expand a little. So we'll start with an easier one okay. to start it off. <laughs> Business dress or casual dress? Casual dress. I think being in advertising is a very casual environment. I don't think I've worn a you know, very formal business dress in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And I'm honestly right now with everything going on, I'm casual every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So fill in the blank here. My day is not complete without. Without celery juice. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny. It's something that I started a month ago, and every morning I now drink 16 ounces of celery juice. I, if I miss a day, I really feel it. But yeah, no, celery juice helps. I don't have coffee. I have celery juice. That's awesome. How is the taste? Because I've I've heard people doing that, but I I don't know if I could do the taste. Yeah, it, was, it tastes like grassy water. So it was not fun the first day, but now my body's suffering it and I definitely feel the benefits from it. Like there was um, a couple of days where I ran out and I couldn't get to the grocery store um, to get more. And I really felt that like, oh, I have not had celery juice today. And I, my body felt it. And so, um, yeah, I can't start my day without it now. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, we're going to have to try, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I have blank on me at all times. Oh, it's going to be very um, uncreative, but uh, my phone, I think it's actually surprised, especially now with um, working from home and that you just need to be available. But yeah, my phone is with me all the time. Whether that's good or bad, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's a little bit more of a toughie, so we'll, I'm excited to hear what you say finances are blank the core of every business matter of fact it's the core of every business <laughs> and i last one i am inspired by my friends especially those who have their own business i think it's 
yeah, everyone is doing their own thing in a very different way. And I think that's what really empowers and really fuels, especially for me. I have those that, you know, are more brick and mortar and those are more online. And what they do is inspiring. And, you know, they've been part of the inspiration for me wanting to start the finance coach in the first place and be part of this world. So they're definitely um, inspired by my friends for sure. I love that. And I did realize I skipped one and I need to ask you it. So bonus question. (laughs) Favorite book, podcast, resource, person, just something that you're always like inspired by that you'd want to share with somebody. The reason why this is, I just finished um, the masterclass actually, but it was uh, originally I read the book and then watched the masterclass on it. And it was Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And it was, it's a book about negotiation and kind of, you know, he's an old FBI um, agent in the, who negotiated with the FBI and kind of how his skill set is now transferable to the business world and the everyday world. And so I'm really trying to utilize some of those skills, um, not to necessarily like negotiate hard um, decisions, but more just in communication for sure. So I think right now that's definitely, you know, if there's a way that I can communicate or learn something more about someone else by asking a question a different way then that's yeah that's what I'm really feeling right now (laughs) I love that Ooh, we're gonna have to check that book out amazing and then where can everyone follow you keep up with your business all that good stuff yeah so I'm on Instagram my handle is the underscore finance underscore agency and um, in the link of my bio you'll have my website you'll have my services and everything that we offer Um, but my Instagram also I share um, every week tips and tricks on how to run your business finances awesome yes the Instagram is awesome so when you listen to this make sure to go check it out it has so many tips like each post I'm like oh like taking notes like it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) so good thank you you so much Louise so excited that you're on the show and that we finally got this to work you guys don't know but this was a long time coming Yeah, definitely the world has changed and everything goes with it. So we adapted and it's all good. Make sure to follow Luis on social for some great finance advice. My Friday favorite this week is two things. One is Selling Sunset Season 2. I know it was my Friday favorite last week, but I hadn't watched it yet. And I just knew it was going to be, so I have to do a quick plug. So good. The glam, the fashion the events the drama I just I loved the hair I just I I love everything and it was so good and it was so awesome talking to Maya who is on Selling Sunset in last week's episode if you haven't caught that episode yet definitely check it out and my main Friday favorite this week real quick is so if you follow me on social media you know that I am like a bachelor watcher I'm all about watching that show and they did the special listen to your heart random singing singing romance reality show for a few weeks the past couple weeks well the two winners of that show chris and brie there they released their album through this quarantine time and it is so good so check out chris and brie i know i've talked about it on my story and you're like okay like who is this girl like their sponsor or something and i should be because i'm such a fan their album is so good check out the song 360 it's so good so chris and brie 360 a great time and with that I will leave you make sure to follow working girl talk on instagram follow me on instagram at abby zufelt and connect with us rate review subscribe to the podcast share the podcast with somebody who needs it thank you so much for tuning in every week love you all have an awesome day and I will talk to you next week